This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It started with putting a price on plastic bags at the grocery store. Now Sobeys is becoming the first national grocery chain to ban single-use plastic bags. It will take effect in six months, at which point customers will either have to bring their own bags or use the paper bags that Sobeys will supply. So I talked with Vittoria Varali, who is Sobeys VP of Sustainability, just before the show. What made Sobeys take this decision? Our customers and our fellow teammates across the country have been telling us loud and clear they want us to use less plastic, and we agree. And so today, with today's announcement, we're taking 225 million plastic bags out of circulation annually at our Sobeys stores, and we won't stop there. When does this take effect? So we're beginning with our Sobeys banner, taking 225 million plastic bags out of our stores by January 31st, 2020. But as you know, we have 1,500 stores across this country. And so we'll look to move to those stores after January. And once we do, we'll be eliminating over 800 million plastic bags annually. Wow. Pretty astounding number. Are you replacing those with paper bags? I was a little confused with the way that was put. Yes, it'll be about giving our customers choice. So when they come into our stores, they'll be able to take a paper bag or bring in their own reusable bag. For us, it's really not about the change from plastic to paper. The answer is reusable bags. Whole Foods gives out paper bags, and they're very, very good paper bags. I actually think they're better than the plastic. So is it going to be something like that? Or is it just going to be kind of some interim thing? It'll be a, a great paper bag. Right now, the paper bags that we have come from sustainably managed forests and mills that are committed to, committed to using recycled content. I'm assuming that that uh, eliminates a cost as well. It's um, actually, it's not really about, for us, the cost. It's more about doing the right thing. Um, And I think it would cost us a lot more to do nothing. Okay, so uh, she didn't exactly want to answer that question about cost savings. And maybe we'll be able to get a fix on that from some of our next guests. And of course, we want to hear from you. Is this a good thing? Is it something that may actually make you switch or stay loyal to Sobeys? And what about all the other useless packaging of produce in supermarkets? I want to get into that as well. So the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And right now let's go to Michelle Gentner, who is the co-owner of Unboxed Market and Keith Brooks, who is a program director at Environmental Defense. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start with you, Michelle. What do you make of this? Uh, I think it's great first steps. I think there is a lot still that needs to be done, um, but 
good for Sobeys for taking the initiative to eliminate some of the plastic from their store. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely a good start. Okay. Now, you started a whole business based on uh, no plastic bags, among other things that you don't have there. Absolutely. Yeah. The focus of our store is to eliminate single-use plastics and to avoid packaging in general wherever possible. Uh, We're far from the first. These stores exist all over the world. Ontario, sadly, doesn't have as many as we should, but it is definitely uh, something that's growing and something that is in a direct response to what we're seeing happen around the world with, you know, every piece of plastic that has ever been created exists still in some form in our uh, atmosphere, in our world. Uh, Keith, uh, what's your reaction? I think it's a it's a good step. It's a, a good announcement from Sobeys. Glad to see that they're taking this kind of voluntary action. Uh, they're getting out in front of, of regulation, right? I mean, the federal government has promised to ban a bunch of plastics and to take some other steps to deal with plastics similar to what they're doing in the EU. So I think, you know, Sobeys kind of saw the writing on the wall. But nonetheless, it's really good of them to take this kind of proactive uh, uh, step. And, and you make a good point. It is smart to get out in front of this, and I guess that they're hoping to get uh, brownie points or, uh, you know, uh, virtue points or whatever for doing this voluntarily. Uh, is, would you agree with that? Uh, well, I don't know what, I mean, their motivation, they say they want to deal with plastic. I think everybody is actually sickened by the amount of plastic right now. I mean, I, I get calls from reporters all the time who I know, like, those reporters are feeling upset about plastics. I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I mean, all Canadians are feeling this, people around the world are feeling this. I think people that work at Sobeys are feeling it, too. So it, there's probably some genuine desire to deal with plastics that's behind this. I mean, I'm sure there's also a business play behind it as well, but they, they should be congratulated for this step. It's a positive mm-hmm. development. Oh, I, I, hey, I agree with that. Now, Michelle, you are in the business. Are they going to save a lot of money doing this? Uh, they do have to go to uh, paper, which they actually want to discourage a little bit. Yeah, so we have paper as an option for customers who don't bring a reusable bag. We charge for it. Um, paper is much more expensive than plastic, which is part of why a lot of stores are, uh, I want to say, slowing down or dragging their heels on actually um, switching to a no plastic or a, a, some kind of an alternative to plastic, um, especially when the government had the previous legislation where stores had to charge the five cent bag fee. When that was rescinded, a lot of stores continued to do it because they realized that they could make money off of those bags that were previously an overhead cost. And so bringing in paper is a much more expensive thing that they're going to have to recognize in some form or another, either by charging for the paper or by absorbing that cost somewhere else in their systems. Can you give us a sense? So how much do those paper bags cost and how much do the plastic bags cost? So on our scale, which is much smaller, we're a 1,500 square foot store um, and we're one of a kind. We are definitely not a nationwide, um, so we don't get the mass right. savings of purchasing things by a, a truckload. But um, our our paper bags cost us 50 cents and we pass that cost directly to the customer. So we're not making a profit off of it. We're just also trying not to take a loss on it. Um, plastic bags cost about two cents a piece. 
Okay. Uh, so if you're I, charging I, five cents, you're making three cents a bag. Okay. I, I would have thought that they, they, they were even less than that, that they were maybe a fraction of a penny. But Oh, absolutely. At a larger, like, Sobe scale, is it definitely a much cheaper cost than what it would cost us. And, you know, I'm, I'm not at all surprised by that. I occasionally shop at Whole Foods where they have paper bags, and I mm-hmm. find that the paper bags they have are a lot better than the plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Plastic rips, it tears, it stretches. Plastic is great if it's a, you know, you're caught in a rainstorm, for example, or a blizzard. It helps because it doesn't get soggy, but a reusable bag is definitely the better approach. It just takes a little bit of planning on the customer's um, side to remember that when they're going to the store to have, I call it a go bag, so they have their bag of whatever it is that they need to go shopping and actually plan their shopping day. It's It's less spontaneous that way. It's better for your budget, but it's also much more environmentally um, aware to do that way. Yeah, I mean, I have some issues with the reusable bags, and that's you have to you have to really be careful and scrupulous to make sure that they are laundered often often enough, and they don't have anything bad on them. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. But I mean, if we're doing laundry for other things, anyways, it's a load, you know. <laughs> just add it in with your sheets and towels. Okay, uh, we have people waiting to weigh in. Let's begin with Tony in Brampton. Hi, Tony. Hi, Libby. Um, I have a problem with this. Uh, if they take away the plastic bags, what are we supposed to uh, use to throw our garbage out in? And secondly, uh, if you buy a reusable bag, you have to use it at least 153 times before it's cost-effective. You only have to use a plastic bag only three times before it's cost-effective. If we, they take away the plastic bags, we, then we're forced to buy plastic bags uh, in order to put our garbage in and to throw it out into the garbage. Well, yeah, you make a good point. Uh, what about those other types of plastic bags? And, and, you know, to be fair to a lot of people, these are called single-use plastic bags, but a lot of people reuse them, and I have to confess, uh, when I get them at the grocery store, we reuse them too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let I'm, Tony, I'm going to let you go and, and let our guests respond to you, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Keith, what is your response to Tony? Uh, I mean, he's got a good point, but, and they, there's been studies that look at this, and places where they banned bags altogether, they do find people are buying some more bags, right, to, to put their garbage out or pick up their pet waste or those kind of things. But there's at least a 40%, uh, they're only buying 40% uh, more bags, so you're getting a 60% reduction in, in the number of bags that are being used. Also, then people are thinking about, they have to buy bags, so there's an economic incentive for you to use less plastic to buy less plastic. The problem is people are just being handed bags indiscriminately. They don't have to ask for them, and they have to force to deal with them, in fact. So when you have to seek bags out, you will use less bags, you will use them more wisely. And the other thing is that these bags are going to end up, if you buy a bag for your garbage, it's going to end up at least in the landfill and not in the environment. The real, one of the real problems with plastic is that it's leaking into the environment, right? We've got plastic in the oceans, plastic in the lakes and the rivers and the whales. It's in the Arctic sea ice, it's in water, it's in beer. The, the, one of the major, why we're responding to plastic is because it's escaping into the environment. And, and if we are using bags, we have to buy some bags for our garbage, those bags are not escaping into the environment. So it's much better in that regard, too. Well, and, and another thing, Michelle, that co- people complain about is that the bags, say the degradable, compostable bags, those are a lot more expensive. Yeah, so there's actually um, a, a couple of things to the compostable things. 
that are presently in our world. And a lot of the compostable bags are not actually designed to break down in our current infrastructure, particularly in Toronto. We don't have the system to to use those bags compostably. So what happens is they get skimmed out of the compost and then still go to landfill, which Keith is correct. At least then it's going to landfill and we know where it is and we can control that specific point. It's still not the best, um, but the... the um, legislation and, and changing in all of this plastics will hopefully hopefully allow for the innovation that gives us um, technological ability to compost those products properly as well. The cost thing is, is always going to be a concern, but um, as your caller said, you know, uh, yes, it's a 153 uses. That's based on, you know, a virgin cotton organic bag. There are ways that we can use different bags. We can recycle plastics into bags so that are more long-term that can be used in multiple uses. We can use hemp. We can use all sorts of different materials to make those bags. They are more They are a little bit more expensive, but you have to look at it as an investment in that you're only buying those, you know, one or two times, and then you have them and you're using them, whereas the bags just accumulate and will continue to be here for generations to come. Okay, uh, you know, this is, uh, I think, taking a lot of people down memory lane to the 70s. Tony in Keswick. Hello. Hi. Yes. I was a young man in 1970 working at Hanna Farms. We had paper bags for the day. I, I, I worked there all through grade school, and I was a carry-up boy, loading up, putting your groceries in your bags and all that, and you learn how to put eggs on top. And You know, some, somebody mentioned something about don't want your stuff squished at the bottom. Uh, but we got along. That was me. Oh, was that, okay. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, you don't put berries in the bottom. You put them on top with the eggs and all that. You know, I end up winning carry-up boy of the year. But anyhow, uh, what I'm saying is that we got along with, with bags back in the 70s and 60s and, and until the paper, until the plastics came in. Why can't we just look back and say, okay, how did they do that back then? Let's follow that mm-hmm. trend. Uh, without all these, uh, right now, paranoid people thinking, well, what are we going to use for garbage? What are we gonna well, we made out, my mom and dad made out with stuff, and, and mostly, was, and now with recycling uh, uh, stuff of, uh, of paper, you know, it's, it's the best way to go, I think. And uh, I have my own bags when I go shopping. I've never in the past 20 years ever bought a bag or anything like that, but paper bags, they were part of our lives back in the days. And I remember uh, the album would rip here and there, but why don't we just look back and say, how do they get along without plastic back in the, you know, uh, I can't remember when plastic came in, but in the late 70s, early 70s and 60s, we, we had bags all the time. Yep, so. yep, we did. Thanks for that, Tony. Oh, and uh, I, I think we did hear a bit of an answer to that. Uh, if Michelle, our guest, was saying that, that she pays 50 cents for a paper bag compared to two cents for plastic, That's I think that money, might though. be the answer. Uh, Carolyn Mississauga. Hi, Carol. And let me put your, put your berries on top. I'm, I'm very much like your, your uh, previous ta- uh, speaker. I remember very, very distinctly back in the late 60s and early 70s, when you went to the grocery store, you always got paper bags, and they were fantastic. They were strong. You could get a lot in them. You could actually carry two of them in your arms, and you didn't have to worry about being weighed down and, and tripping over things while you were going to the car. They were fantastic. And, I mean, why can't we just go back to those old-fashioned bags? And my question is, are the bags that Sobe is looking at and some of the other people, are they the old-fashioned paper bags like we used to have? 
Well, she said that they they must be somewhat newfangled. I haven't seen oh. them. She said, "Of course, if you've been to our stores in PEI, you would. You, <laughs> it's going to be those bags." And I said, "Well, actually, I haven't been to your stores in PEI, uh, but she said that it was a, a newfangled kind of paper that's made from uh, recycled paper from responsibly managed forests." Uh, and I don't know. I remember the. Old ones, I think, when I was a kid, did not have ears, like handles on them. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I shop occasionally at Whole Foods, and they have fabulous paper bags. But, but uh, you know, one way or another, you, you pay for them when you go shopping there. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. But it's just paper bags are, besides bringing back the nostalgia of what used to be and what used to be good, I mean... They were quite serviceable bags. Yep. You could use them for other things when you got them home. My mother, I probably shouldn't say this on the air, she'd have a fit. My mother used to look for the cleanest bags, like the bags were usually clean, but ones that hadn't had produce and that in them. And when she made her Christmas cake uh, in September, she would get a couple of these uh, clean uh, grocery bags and she would cut them up to line her Christmas cake pans. Yep. Because they absorb the grease, and well, not the grease, but I mean, you know, the excess moisture. And when she took them out, she just peeled that off. And, and you had a nice, and she said, there, she said, we, you know, we use the, people, the grocery bags. And people were we a lot less wasteful. Carol, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Okay, yeah, people just uh, were a lot less wasteful with a lot of things. No question about that. Um, let us take a call. Uh, Dennis in Brampton, you also were a grocery packer in the 70s. I, I indeed was. Uh, I worked at Dominion stores, and uh, like your previous callers, all we had were, were paper bags, and uh, they worked quite well. And so the only additional point I would make is when we people are talking about costs, well, we need to, and this is common when it comes to the environment, is it's, that is to ignore the cost associated with not making the change. Mm-hmm. And it's significant. And the time has come that we really have no choice if we want to have a, a clean water and, and a world that we can, we can all live and thrive in. And I'll leave it at that. Thank okay, you. Okay, Dennis, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, um, Laura in Grimsby. Hello, Laura. Hi. Go ahead. Um, well, my comment really relates to the speaker you had from Sobeys. Our local store in Grimsby, uh, the closest one to me anyway, is Sobeys, and I've been using reusable bags for many, many years for my shopping. But now I've also picked up some net bags that are meant for produce, and I really like bagging my own produce, and uh, they can see through the net at the checkout to see what it is. But mm, this store has gone to pre-bagging all their fresh produce which upsets me in, in a variety of ways. One, that I can't choose anymore. But two, there's plastic that I don't want. Now, I recycle everything carefully, but they'd be so much smarter to actually start selling these bags in the store. I had to go online to buy them. And, um, you know, they say they're going to get rid of plastic bags to the checkout, and they're forcing that plastic on us in the produce area. You you bet. And I'm going to take that up, Laura. I'm going to let you go and going to take that up with our guests. And the woman from Sobeys, the VP there, 
told me, yes, we are. they are already trying to deal with their suppliers because there are transportation issues. So here's, here's the thing. I do most of my shopping at an independent grocery, and they are terrific. And there are certain things... There are only two of us in the house. I like, we like little cucumbers, but I'm not necessarily going to use up six of them before they go bad. Uh, and it, when you buy them packaged at, say, Loblaws, where they're only available in packages, they come on the non-recyclable black styrofoam thing and they're covered in plastic. Uh, so, Michelle, maybe you can enlighten us. The woman from Sobeys said that a cucumber covered in plastic has, you know, double or triple the shelf life of one that is just loose. Do you find that? Because honestly, when I take these things home, I find if you keep the plastic on them, they actually go bad quicker than if you take the plastic off. So it's, there's two parts to that. One, it's the shelf life in the store, not in your home. So you have to remember that they're controlling ambient temperatures and stock rotation and everything there. Um, and once you've opened it, you've allowed air to go into the package. So whether you close the plastic again or not, there's already been an exposure to oxygen. Um, part of the, the thing with cucumbers uh, or with anything that's pre-packed is it requires, just like you said, it requires you to buy six where you only want two. So exactly, it yes. increases a sale that otherwise wouldn't happen and sends you home with products that now you have to take care of and or lose. Um and a shelf life, I mean, when you, when you talk to us about shelf life, it, you don't, as a consumer, really need to know how long something, we want it to sit on our shelf here in our store. You want to know that we're bringing it in fresh and you're buying it fresh and taking it home and consuming it. If it's been sitting on a shelf for three weeks in a grocery store, absolutely, it's going to go bad in two or three days when it gets home because it's already extended past what its pick date was, what its shelf life was, what all of those things were because of plastic wrapped around it. And it's lost nutritional value. Absolutely. um, Again, I, I, I don't want to too much trash my least favorite grocery chain, but they have some things in net bags and, and other packaging uh, often, you know, holds a moldy surprise when you open it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, th- those are things, but I guess in terms of transportation, it makes it, it's, it's easier to transport something that's packaged up than not, right? Yes, but uh, I will I will play the nostalgia card that a lot of your callers are playing. And I mean, I can't speak to the 60s and 70s because I am younger than that. But in the 80s, absolutely, we still had paper bags and we still had things that were lo- loose. And we didn't, you know, the exotic amount of things that we have today, we didn't have then because the, the chains were not there to send. You know, we have kumquats from South Africa and we have lemons and limes and bananas all year round and all of these things. A lot of that does come in plastic unless you're careful and can find a distributor who can send it in boxes. But local things all used to come in boxes. It all used to come in larger quantities or, and, and like um, more sustainable quantities because it was the technology that we had. What we're forgetting is we have been told by the plastics industries that we should have plastic in our world. But of course they want us to believe that because they're making money off of it. So. If you eliminate that and do look back to the 80s, to the 70s, to the 60s, look back 100 years, we've had food, we did grocery shopping, we did barter and trade the entire length of humanity. So saying that somehow we can't function without these single-use plastics and layers and layers and layers of plastic is, is it's absurd. <laughs> uh, 
Keith, how long, I mean, Sobeys did say they are going to try to deal with this. So how long do you think it should take a a large grocery chain to to start eliminating some of the other plastic packaging? Well, I would hope they could move pretty quickly. Um, You know, Europe, right, has talked, uh, planned to ban all kinds of uh, plastics, a bunch of different kinds of plastics. They're doing it across Europe by 2021. So they're moving quite quickly, and, if, and, uh, and that's by legislation, right, by regulation. Um, I think voluntary measures by companies can be carried out, you know, very quickly, right? I mean, so we could decide, well, they're, they're moving, you know, within uh, six months, I guess, or well, maybe they, a little bit more they, than that. So it's, it's a deal with suppliers, so I think it's probably a little more complicated than that. I, yeah, I suppose that it is, uh, but I think those signals are being sent. Um, you know, there are increasingly uh, stores that are going plastic-free, Consumers are demanding it, and I think the market is, is able to respond pretty quickly when the demand is put out there. So, I mean, I suppose it would take some months. I think there's already, though, regulatory signaling taking place from the government who has said, we're going to ban this stuff in the near future. I think companies are responding. Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly how quickly they could move, but, you know, I think within a year would be reasonable. Okay, I'm going to take uh, one more call from Neil in Oakville. Hi, Neil. Oh, hello. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, my point is that when plastics came out, uh, it, it was a proactive approach by companies to uh, obviously save money. But the reactive approach, how much does it cost us? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, the cleanup, everything. Oh, of course, yes. So, uh when my mother used to uh, shop with me back in the 50s and 60s, 60s really, we used to use our paper bags all the time. We, we used to bring them back. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we'd u- reuse them. Yep. So I, I, I'm not sure what the, what the situation is here. And, and why are we always trying to clean up something that, what the, what was required? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I know exactly what you mean, Neil. Thanks very much for your call. If if I could Uh, jump in on that, I mean, this is a really important point, right? People are, the plastics industry is making huge profits. Their plan is to continue to make more and more plastic. They want to tell you that we can recycle everything, but we know now we're failing miserably on recycling. We need to reduce our use of plastic. And the other part, in addition addition to these, these bans or phasing out plastics, is we need to move to what's called extended producer responsibility, which is what your guest is getting at. But the people that make and sell and make money from these plastics need to be responsible for dealing with them at the end of life. Instead of taxpayers paying for cleanups or just the environment being oh, like full the of Filipino garbage thing. Yeah, all of yeah. this, right? The companies that are making these products need to be held responsible, and that's what they're doing in the EU. That's what uh, the Prime Minister of Canada has promised we're going to do in Canada. Ontario is talking about that as well. And it's, it's a bit of a, a difficult concept. It's not good language, but it's, it's vitally important that we close the loop on this so that the companies that are making these things are financially and, and operationally responsible for dealing with them, and it's not the public's problem, and it's not leaking into the environment. Okay, mm-hmm. and Michelle, before you leave us, uh, how long have you been in business for? I, I, I pass your store when I'm on the way to work, but it's pretty new, isn't it? It's very new, yeah. We just opened in February. Um, we took over the old business here in October and uh, closed, renovated, and then opened um, the store the way that we wanted it just in February. So we're very new. We're still working out systems here, too. It's constantly a conversation with our suppliers and distributors to 
also have them understand why we're doing what we're doing. And that's going to continue to be a conversation because the plastics didn't come into our world overnight. So it's going to take a little bit of time to get people to understand why they now need to leave. And and just give me a a sense of the kind of uh, acceptance from the neighborhood and people shopping there. It's actually been mostly positive. We have uh, quite a few seniors in our area who definitely get the nostalgic part of you know, you can have your milk in glass and you can use paper bags and um, we we make sure that everything is fresh and everything is available um, locally as often as possible. So they have that part, component going for them as well. Um, a lot of people actually trek great distances to come to the store. Um, some of it for inspiration for their own communities and some of it because it's the closest place to them in Toronto that they can shop in a way that they recognize as um, um, environmentally conscious. There are obviously going to be people who are not happy. They, some people just don't like change. Some people want the status quo, and that's just something that um, is changing in all stores now. So hopefully, um, as it becomes more common, those folks will also uh, understand what's happening. Okay, uh, so we're out of time on this. I have to say, obviously, this is striking a very positive chord with Zoomers who are happy to return to paper. People, if we couldn't get to your call, remember, Free For All Friday is coming up. We can hear more about your story's paper, about the old-fashioned ways of buying groceries. And thank you so much to Michelle Gentner, the co-owner of Unboxed Market, and Keith Brooks, the program director at Environmental Defense. Defense. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.